0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Something to Talk About, a podcast where different women come together to talk about the Word of God and the various ways it applies to our lives. Today, we'll be talking about James 3 and 1 through 12 and the power of the tongue. Joining Amber and me for our discussion today are Susan O'Keefe and Ellen Hoover. Both Susan and Ellen are educators who make good use of their words and teach others to do the same. Welcome, ladies. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So glad to have you with us today. Would you each please take a moment to tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and answer our favorite question of the day, which is, Mm -hmm. what book have you read recently that has made it onto your favorites list?
1: Hi, I'm Ellen Hoover. I am married to Adam, and we have four kids. Uh, Merritt, my oldest, is 13, and then we have three boys, 12, 10, and 6. And we homeschool, and that pretty much... Takes all my time. Sometimes mm. it's really fun, and sometimes it's not really fun. <laughs> and I love to read. I have become a much better reader in recent years, thanks to a couple of book clubs hmm. and some encouraging friends. Um, so this is going to sound a little pretentious, but <laughs> the book that I'm the most glad that I've read recently this year is War and Peace. And I'm not quite oh. done with it. Almost oh, done with yes. it. <laughs> it is, it's it is. a huge <laughs> book, and doing it with other people has made it a lot more fun. But it's just. Another time in another place, a story to get lost in. It's been a really fun.
0: I've threatened my children with that book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Does that count? How many pages? You will again? be in your room till you read one piece. Fourteen hundred pages. them out. Fourteen hundred pages. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, the book that I'm going to tell you as my favorite is not going to be quite that long. But my name is Susan O'Keefe, and. We also have four children, just like Ellen, and our oldest is a girl and three boys after that. We've lived here in Augusta for about seven years, came here from Mississippi, and before that we were in Arkansas and Kentucky, where we call home, Mm -hmm. but enjoy being here, and I work in the communication field. I've done that since about 1990. And currently have the privilege of homeschooling, like Ellen as well, a couple of kids, and then also get to teach college students at Augusta University. So we talk to those college students Mm -hmm. about their communication skills and the tongue, which I know we'll get into in a few minutes. The book that I chose as my favorite and is on my favorites list is called Molokai. It is set in Hawaii during the late 1890s. Mm. And my daughter spent some time in Hawaii, so I think that's why I liked Mm -hmm. it at first, but Everything in that book really just talks about resilience and redemption. It's about a leper colony. And hmm. unfortunately, in the late 1800s, when people were diagnosed with leprosy, they were taken away from their families. So historical accounts of the leper colony that actually once existed there. Just very intriguing, but lots of examples of people helping people, hmm. a lot of inspiration. So a book that I really enjoyed, again, it's called Molokai. So nice. I hope you'll enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, for the month of January, my family and I do uh, consecration. That's something we've done since from our old roots in the Baptist church, actually. And so we were focusing on the heart of Christ and Gentle and Lowly by Mm -hmm. Dane Ortland. And the book is just so grace filled in every page reminding us of how Christ sees us. Um, Not as the finger pointing, I'm out to get you, God, uh, but as the one who has arms outstretched, welcoming us Mm -hmm. back to himself over and over Mm -hmm. again. And so it has just been such a sweet reminder all of January that Christ, that is how he self-proclaims, you know, he's gentle and lowly at Mm -hmm. heart. And it's a a beautiful picture of that. Mm. It really is. I picked up that book uh, by your suggestion as well, and I've ordered
3: it for a couple other people and sent Mm -hmm. it to them, and have really appreciated it for those reasons.
2: Yeah.
3: Also, and I read a book about a leper colony too, Susan, and I can't remember the title right now. Was it
2: set in Mississippi?
3: No. Mm -mm.
2: There was a leper colony in Mississippi, and maybe that was it. No,
3: this one was set in Greece, Hmm. and if I could pull the title, it would be good, but I can't right now, so unfortunately... for me, there has not been in the last couple of months a book that has, would go on my favorites list. I've read a couple, been slightly disappointed, but what I have discovered that I'm sure many people have already discovered, but I'm a late late to come to it, is the <laughs> app Libby. Do y'all use this? Best nod in her head, yes. Okay. So it's an app that you can check out ebooks and audiobooks online through the Georgia, or in whatever state you live in, but through the Georgia um, Public library system Hmm. and so i hooked up with that this week and i just love it i mean to get on there and be like reserve and then it's on my computer i'd rather read a hard copy book but i I really enjoy the ease with which i can just click on that and get get books
2: Uh, what's it called again it's called libby l-i-b-b-y that's a good tip exactly Mm -hmm. i didn't know i was going to get tips like this (laughs) i love it (laughs) tips and book suggestions thank you you're welcome that's great you're welcome All right. Well, I think our favorite books, we like
3: them because they're full of good words, you know, symbols on a page with the power to transport us to a deeper and richer understanding of life. And words are meant to be life giving. We know this because the Bible tells us that Mm -hmm. God uses his word to bring about life and to sustain it. In our passage for today, we see that as God's image bearers, we've been given the unique privilege of using our words to be life givers as well. James talks about this privilege in terms of our tongue, which literally and metaphorically is the member of our body from which all words flow, spoken words, written words, and words we utter only in our minds. James lets us know that our tongues have the power to direct our lives and to impact others for good, but also warns that our tongues have the power to lay waste to our lives Mm -hmm. and the lives of those around us. He then goes on to say that no human being can tame the tongue. Hmm. What exactly are we to make of that? Hmm. This is both a weighty and a precious passage. If you've not already done so, please take a moment to hit the pause button and read the passage for yourself. James 3, 1 through 12. Vanessa, what in particular stood out to you as you read this passage?
0: I've got to tell you, Amber, James 3 and 1, just the (laughs) the opening verse, and I have had a long uh, interesting relationship, a love-hate relationship, I would say, because when I first read that as an aspiring teacher and as an early teacher, it terrified me to read the words, not many of you ought to preach, ought to right. teach, rather, uh, brothers, and that's including sisters. That's the mm-hmm. word, Al Delfoy. it's brothers and sisters. That terrified me because you're judged with a stricter judgment, he mm-hmm. says. And that really was a very weighty verse for me. I, and I, it immediately brought mm. me to, I can't teach perfectly. I, I'm bound to mess up. I, I'm going to misspeak. And it wasn't until I connected it to the gospels, to the, the greater narrative of scripture that I saw, well, in particular, in, in Mark nine four two, Jesus warns those who would cause others to stumble. Yeah. That it was then when I read that, that it clicked for me that this isn't about the Lord being out to get teachers or to punish them for their ineptness. Mm-hmm. But instead, it reveals something about his heart. It's he's out to protect his bride, mm. and then yeah. and then to recognize. Well, I'm part of his bride. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm a part of that body that he's protecting mm-hmm. when he says this. Um, but according to James one twenty one, what encouraged me when I when I read the whole counsel of this is that he is also the one who implants his truth in us. And so he is saying, teachers, you're judged with a stricter judgment, but also that I am empowering you with truth. I'm giving you what you need to teach this. Mm-hmm. And so when my teaching is yielded to him, I'm empowered by his spirit. So not only am I responsible for teaching truth, it doesn't uh, you know, eliminate the fact that I am responsible for what I teach, right. but I'm also empowered. Yeah to Do it, and so that was encouraging for me. So I've gone from being afraid of it to being encouraged by it, yeah, absolutely, versus thinking God's up there, you know, with his red sharpie,
3: right? Eh, 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 you know, or right. whatever. But that's that, bad, that's hey, bad, bad, bad. illustration,
2: oh, no yeah. yeah. fail, right. fail, fail, exactly. Mm-hmm.
3: And, the, and in the teaching, too, you know, you're called to be a particular type of teacher, yeah, but we're all called to teach the word that's to those right. around us, right. and I think it's just that good reminder that's that good. what we say really matters, it's absolutely. really important, and He unfolds that all throughout the passage. You know, he uses the examples of a bit in the the mouth of a horse, Mm. of a rudder in the boat Mm -hmm. uh, to to speak about the ways that our tongue gives direction and purpose and beauty in our life. And then he talks about that wasting fire, the ability that the tongue has to destroy. And he, both things are held in a sense, um, not necessarily in balance, but in contrast to one another, life-giving, life-destroying. And in the middle of that is who can tame the tongue? And what struck me is I will read this passage and think I have got to get my mouth under control. Mm -hmm. And that is a takeaway. But it struck me that he's also saying you can't tame your tongue. And if you go to other places in Scripture, you see it's because what comes out of my mouth is what's in my heart. And it was eye opening to me in this passage to think it's the Lord that has tamed my heart, that has brought me Mm -hmm. to himself, that has put me under his good hand. Um, that has reigned me in and now given me the ability to control my tongue for really good purposes. Not right. just to avoid the negative per se, but to
0: enter into the giving of life. And what a privilege that is. That, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely it. It's, it's these contrasts all throughout about this tiny tongue and its implications mm-hmm. for uh, enormity yeah. of good right. as well as evil. And what it does, I think, as the whole of James and all of his imperatives do this and do that, it throws us onto the grace of God because (laughs) it quickly brings us to the end of ourselves. And we say, I cannot do this. And I think that that is a great takeaway for James. I cannot do this. Yes, I am responsible. But I cannot do this without the spirit empowering me to. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
3: And I know there's not a woman sitting at this table or a person listening to this podcast who could read this passage and not be struck with the seriousness and the difficulty. Yes. And hopefully yet the great privilege of learning to control our tongues. In your individual spheres of life, what do y'all strive to teach others about the life-giving or the life-destroying power of the tongue? And why do you see that as being so
2: important? Well, I definitely see it as being important because we as you said earlier, are the only beings who communicate yeah. with, with our words. So the power of words. In the first day of class, I tell my students at AU, you have power in your words. So yes, you can build up, you can bring down. I ask them to think about someone who has encouraged them today or think about someone who has discouraged you today. Mm-hmm. And then what have you done with that? I think, unfortunately, with some modern technologies and communication devices, we may have lost some of those nuances surrounding communication Mm -hmm. like looking each other in the eyes Mm -hmm, or even mm -hmm. with the masks right now during covid or we text each other and you can't hear inflection you can't hear the tone you can't see facial expression so to really come back and realize we need to guard and protect our words treat them gently so i do encourage those students again in those communication areas and and ask them to think about how they want to express themselves Unfortunately, in a lot of ways, we're expressing ourselves through text messages or that nonverbal communication through written communication and wanting them to think about, would you say that to somebody? And again, do those words give life or bring death? Is it encouraging or discouraging? Mm -hmm. So really encouraging them again to, to listen to what someone else has said. And when you think about the words you're speaking, you also have to think about what you are listening to. Am I listening to what Vanessa just said, or did I hear her? I heard the train, Mm -hmm, but I'm listening to (laughs) Vanessa. So it's that two way street of communication even to make sure that you're using words in a way that you've thought about. And remember our parents taught us, think before you speak. I think over the years, maybe we have forgotten what that means. So even as an adult, think, before you're going to speak. So again, in that public speaking realm, and especially on the stage of debate and discussion, I fear we've lost our way and perhaps some politicians will listen to the podcast <laughs> and realize that we don't just have to point fingers and call names, but yet to have a discussion using words that are clear and concise, stating our own opinions, even if we disagree, still using those words in ways that will help bring resolution and our life giving instead of, of life harming or, or taking away.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you're teaching people how to do that, my friend.
1: We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. <laughs> well, the whole world got to experience a little bit of homeschool this year <laughs> Hmm. And I think we all know that it's just a lot of sinners together all day long. Amen. A lot of words are exchanged and from my words to encourage them to move forward in the day, to instruct them, to keep them accomplishing things without being nagging or shaming um, to their interactions with one another that are sometimes really great and then sometimes fall into the pit of bickering. Um, It's just something we constantly have to talk about. We Mm -hmm. constantly have to apologize and repent and... Everyone knows how quickly a harsh word can change the tone of the day, how Mm -hmm. quickly an angry response can just sap all the joy. So um, we talk a lot about how the tongue, it has facets. It matters what you say, but also how you say it, your tone of voice, Mm -hmm. your body language, your volume, (laughs) your timing. I Mm -hmm. think Proverbs Mm -hmm. has a lot to say about harsh words and reckless words and timely words. And we want gentle timely words. Hmm. Um, and ultimately because I want my kids to walk with Jesus and I don't want my words to hinder that. Yeah. And I want them to leave our home, um, able to love others and able to have healthy relationships. And it's
2: essential for their tongue to be life-giving for that to happen. Hmm. Definitely. I don't think I'm going to homeschool anymore. I'm going to send my kids to Ellen's house. <laughs> right, right, that right. sounds yeah. wonderful.
3: It. Yes. She's mm-hmm. always calm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's an act. (laughs) I love how y'all take that so seriously to teach that, both to college students and to your own kiddos. And the care and the emphasis that you put on it personally is wonderful. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? So we have these realms that we're in, maybe where we're teaching others. How do we do that as women together, Vanessa, do you think? Because we need some encouragement one with another in how we speak.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think because we were made for connection We tend to seek it out in conversation, Mm
1: -hmm. especially women, Women. I
0: think. And sometimes with women, that means sharing deeply and encouraging one another. And other times that can give way to unhelpful ways of seeking connection, such as gossip. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we consciously seek connection in perverse ways. But when we share that juicy tidbit, of info that doesn't belong to us Mm -mm -mm. Uh, enjoy that temporary connection of knowing and enjoying something together. We, we, we do that. And so we, we forge really what I call a counterfeit connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a counterfeit intimacy, Mm -hmm. but what we're enjoying is poisonous and harmful. And so I guess I would encourage us to, instead of settling for that counterfeit connection, go for the genuine, share with honesty and transparency where that's wise to do so and just do the hard work of connecting in genuine ways uh, and, and of uh, growing in gen- genuine intimacy and not the counterfeit. Yeah. I like that phrase counterfeit connection. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that before. Yeah. I, and I don't think we think of it that way. Mm-mm. I don't think if it was conscious, we wouldn't do it, but right. even just waiting in line for, you know, at, at the, um, you know, for our kids to come out of school or, or, you know, or whatever we're waiting in line for, or at, at the checkout, it's so easy to have, uh, a connection that's not healthy, mm-hmm. that's toxic mm-hmm. to say something nasty about whoever we're waiting on or, you know, it's, it's just easy to forge those type of connections that aren't helpful connections. Yeah. And so to just be cognizant of looking for genuine connections, looking for some, a way to be kind, it's easy to be negative mm-hmm. and, and nasty, but to look for ways to have genuine connection. And so knowing the truth about something is a lot different than acting that out, right? We know that. And so we can know the truth about communicating well, still doesn't completely exempt us from that struggle. Mm -hmm. So what is a particular way in which you have found yourself struggling to control your tongue? How has that looked in learning to tame it?
1: I have found this chapter to be so convicting, (laughs) but I will just talk about one thing um, that I tend to struggle with and it's just complaining and grumbling Mm -hmm. Um, I think I can allow circumstances or just minor, even major inconveniences, frustrations, disappointments, to sort of shrink my vision down so that I can't see past it. And my temptation in those moments is to tell somebody about it. You know, I mm-hmm. want to call somebody or vent to Adam, poor Adam, or <laughs> or uh, text a friend or whatever. But it's venting, it's complaining and grumbling Um, and it has the effect of making my heart hard to say it out loud, hardens my heart, makes me bitter and discourages the listener. So it's pretty much a lose, lose, (laughs) but instead I would like to pause before I call a friend and just pray and ask God Uh to help me, um, to sift my thoughts and help me to, to receive whatever the frustration is and let it do its work in my heart, um, Repentance is always necessary. And yes. also, I need to look past myself and serve somebody else and get perspective
2: on my circumstances. Hmm. Yeah. I'll piggyback on that a little bit, Ellen. I think that I am impatient as well and find myself then even being sarcastic which is so acceptable in our society and culture yes. and yet mm. it's not really funny as you mm. again it's that counterfeit connection it is. Yeah. and so i have to stop when my words are sarcastic or even that that criticizing that critical word instead of giving a thank you for emptying the dishwasher but yeah. in my head i'm thinking there's water all over the floor <laughs> and yeah. so even if i don't say it I'm gonna say it every mm-hmm. other time or one every three times so trying to make sure that I am being genuine and changing my perspective like you said so changing that perspective which usually involves prayer and just I love the the scripture take captive my thoughts Lord take mm-hmm. captive my thoughts so I had an example of a a child one day who showed me a a great grade. It was a wonderful grade. This is wonderful. So proud of you and so forth. And then there were a couple of not so great grades, but he had made the comment to me, you know, mom, when I made a, a great grade, you said, good job. But when I made the poor grade, it was, why did this happen? We need to talk about it. Let's sit down. You can't yeah. drive for mm-hmm. a week. There's 16 punishments and go to your room until you're 25. <laughs> and, and read s- War and Peace. Exactly. And read War and Peace. Call Mrs. Hoover <laughs> and she's going through it with you. But to try, why, why did why can't I just say, that's so great. I'm proud mm. of you. And especially for our children to recognize that they need us to say, good job. Yes. We all want to hear those words of affirmation. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So my struggle is all over the place, but trying to practice in the power of the Holy Spirit, even as you said earlier, we don't have to be afraid of taming the tongue. It mm-hmm. all comes back to the Lord will equip you for that. Asking him, take mm-hmm. captive my thoughts, Lord, equip me to be encouraging. So getting rid of those critical words and replacing them with life-giving words and the criticisms that might be in my head, just taking those to the Lord and asking him, change my perspective, Lord, change my perspective on this. Yeah,
3: that's so good. Absolutely. It is. I resonate with both of those things very much, very much so. And I, I, I thought to myself, I've thought for several years, maybe that transparency means saying what you feel, when you feel it as honestly yes. as you can yes. and how easily then that does bleed over into I'm complaining or I'm grumbling or I'm criticizing or I'm being sarcastic or whatever in the name of, I'm just being honest, right. you know? And I probably know better than to say it to certain people, but I'll say it to my husband mm-hmm. or a lot of those words go on in my own mind. say to mm-hmm. you know, And mm-hmm. I think how much in my own head goes unchecked mm-hmm. because I feel like nobody hears it. How harmful can it be? Well, it's very harmful. You know, it's in my own head. and
2: Because it's like you said earlier, what's in your heart, yeah. your head, is eventually coming out through your mouth. Absolutely. So how can I filter that? And not from a false sense of filtering, mm-hmm. counterfeit communication, mm-hmm. but truly filtering it through God's word, through the gospel. What does that look like?
3: Right. Which takes time to pray, to pray honestly, you know, to pray some of those things out mm-hmm. loud or to him and to to think to myself, these aren't words that I just have a right to. They're words that I'm surrendering and asking him to speak into and thoughts that I'm asking him to speak into. And I think especially with my kids, I resonate with this too, how I find it that it's an excuse to be exasperated. You know, mm-hmm. you have not cleaned up your room. I should again, have an exasperated again. voice, right? <laughs> Thinking that if if by my tone or by the repetition of my words or whatever, that I can make you do what it is that you're supposed to do. And I've just been realizing I cannot. Mm-hmm. And if I had somebody harping on me like that all the time, my goodness, I would, would not enjoy that. No, I would Mm-mm. not enjoy it. I wouldn't enjoy that person either. Mm-mm. And so for me with my kids, one of my my things is I do try to consistently repent, you know, and to name it and to say that I'm wrong. Even if it's embarrassing that I have said three times today that I have spoken inappropriately to you and that's my own junk. Yes, you know, maybe you should clean up your room, but underneath that's my insecurity of not being a good mama. And so I'm going to harp on you. And if I can confess it out loud to them and say that with those words, then I I take back hopefully a little bit of the sting that i put in it because they know that, mom, this is not about me. This is about mom. And, um, and then it keeps me somewhat accountable and Mm -hmm. just, and I see the Lord doing a good work. You repent Mm -hmm. and you turn and he forgives and we learn to forgive one another and and hopefully change takes place. Yes. You know, as Mm -hmm. I've already said, I was struck in my study this week uh, of this passage over the fact that the tongue can wield as much power for good mm-hmm. as it can for destruction. Mm-hmm. So y'all take a little bit of time and tell us about some of the times that people have spoken into your life words that have blessed you.
2: So mine, my example rather, is even recently I have a neighbor down the street and I don't really know her. I don't know her name, but unfortunately she was on the receiving end of some serious mischief by a named child who resides <laughs> in our home. <laughs> And I took this child to apologize. He had a written note explaining his sin and asking forgiveness. And that woman is extremely gracious, even when she opened the door Mm. and so forth. But she texted me later in the day with such an encouraging message of, you're doing a good job, Mama. Hang in there. You know, holding Mm. your children accountable in a a gracious manner speaks volumes. Mm. And so I was embarrassed because of what had happened. I was embarrassed to go to her house But for her to have grace Mm -hmm. upon our family, my son, and then even for me to read her words of encouragement from one woman to another, that was very helpful because you feel like a lousy mom sometimes. And for me to receive her words of encouragement was an extreme blessing. And then Mm -hmm. as I thought through this question, I was trying to come up with some really wow example. And and while that one is is definitely true and and spoke to me, I really think it's just those little snippets throughout anyone's day, and especially in our communication age, receiving a text message. I had a text earlier from a child and it said, hope the podcast goes well, or a, a text from a child who said... Thanks for the taco soup. It's really good. <laughs> Food is the love language in our right, home. Absolutely. So I yeah. think, again, we we mm-hmm. can receive those words of blessing. And hopefully when we receive them, then we also are doers and senders of that blessing to others to say, thanks for having me today. I enjoyed being with you. Sorry for whatever may have happened last week. We are praying for you. Just any kind of encouraging mm-hmm. communication mm-hmm that really reaches out and, and blesses other people. Hmm. That's good. When I thought about this question, I was just overwhelmed by all the people mm. in my life who
1: have blessed me and encouraged mm. me, including mm. all of you guys in here. Mm. So That's awesome. Um,
2: <laughs> I'm wiping tears. I'm crying now.
1: <laughs> but I did think of one story um, from a while ago. My kids, I think my oldest three, were in the four, three, and one stage. Wow. Adam was in residency, and it was just a really intense season. I kind of lived into this cloud of failure, and exhaustion, you know, a lot of the time. And we, at that time, we didn't eat out much. And if we did, we could maybe manage Chick-fil-A or a <laughs> pizza place. Like that was about all our crew could handle. Um, so one night we did go to the pizza joint and the kids were their normal selves. They were wiggly and chatty and messy. And we managed to get through dinner without too many giant messes or too many emotional breakdowns. <laughs> it's a miracle. And there was an older couple behind us and after they were finished, they walked over and stopped at our table. And I thought, oh, no, <laughs> we have disturbed their meal. I was sure they were going to say something ugly, but they didn't. They said, we just wanted to tell you that it was a pleasure to sit near you and your oh, children. And sweet. and they just said that someone had encouraged them when they were young parents, and they wanted to encourage us. Oh, wow. And, I, of course, I burst into tears. <laughs> but it wasn't even really that profound what they said. It was mm-hmm. just so kind. And they mm-hmm. were strangers. Mm-hmm. And I still remember it 10 years later.
3: So and they spoke into a place where you were
2: insecure, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. and
3: they built you up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you just said even, it wasn't anything profound, but it was kind, kind. Yeah. I think, again, we have forgotten how just to be kind with our words, whether it's through social media, which is for another podcast or <laughs> wherever it might be, but just to be kind, be kind with those words. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And I think what you've both described is just genuine encouragement, and mm-hmm. and it it is kind when it's mm-hmm. genuine, and mm-hmm. for me, specific when it's a specific affirmation. I think the the greatest affirmation that I've been given is when because when I stand to teach, my goal and my desire is for people to know God better. Mm-hmm. It's for them to have deeper connection. Yes. It's for them to learn who he is. Mm -hmm. And so when people tell me that their God got bigger Mm. or that they um, know the love of Christ in a different way, then Mm -hmm. there's nothing more encouraging than that for me. Mm. Um, But also a a flip side of that for me, what's also encouraging for me is for someone to love me well enough to give me good criticism. Yes. That is just a kindness that is often well, that is is it's hard to find yeah. <laughs> often, mm-hmm. and so when I had a person, uh, I guess in the last uh, it's been what a year and a half, maybe a couple of years, to tell me as I was asking for feedback to say uh, that something I was doing when I was speaking was distracting and it was anxiety provoking. <laughs> wow! <laughs> but it was just like wow you really care enough about what I'm doing. And you know that I care about what yes. I'm doing. And you spoke into that space mm-hmm. in a way that was kind mm-hmm. and in a way that was helpful and it made me better. Yeah. And so in my mind, that was just, that was, that was encouraging to me. The intention that, was pure. The, the intention was pure and it blessed me. Yeah. It, it did bless me. And so I, I think just out of all that we've been saying here is out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths speak Mm -hmm. and they say Mm -hmm. things that can tear down and they say things that can build up. Um, What my heart is full of, my mouth will reveal that Mm -hmm. in my conversation. Mm -hmm. Joshua 1.8, one of my favorite passages says, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth but meditate on it day and night so that we may be careful to do all that is written in it. Our speech flows out of what's been implanted in our hearts. And James talks about that being done by the Lord, the implanted word being given to us by the Lord. So when that law of liberty, as James calls it, is what's on our tongues, there are a whole lot of other things that just cannot be. Amen. Amen is right. Mm
3: -hmm. With that note of encouragement, we hope you will join us again next week. Let us keep you company on a Sunday afternoon walk or a quick trip to the grocery store.
0: Join us next week when we will be joined by Caitlin McNair, Women's Director for Medical Campus Outreach, and Jennifer Joseph, local artist and homeschool mom, as we discuss James 3, 13 through 4 and 12, the benefits of steadfast wisdom. Hope you'll join in.
2: Sometimes a light surprises The Christian wife she sings It is the Lord who rises with healing in His wings. When comforts are declining, He grants the soul again A season of pure shining to cheer it after the rain.